that's always what we what we have in mind is simply how can we make this product as user-friendly as possible. We want to make the most user-friendly 3D printer in the world. Hi there and welcome to Kids Lab, a podcast for parents, educators and everybody interested in STEAM education. Today on the show, we're talking to Martin Moos. He's the head of sales and customer service at Sculptor. Sculptor is a Denmark-based 3D printing company that kickstarted the Sculptor Plus 3D printer in 2017. The Sculptor Plus is a polar 3D printer, which means it has a rotating base element, which is quite uncommon among 3D printers, but it works really perfectly, and the printer therefore does not take up a lot of space. So the printer also comes completely pre-assembled and you're up and printing pretty much after you connected it to Wi-Fi. Hey, as always, I'd like to hear your feedback. So please head over to kidslab.dev and leave some comments. Feel free to use the hashtag kidslabpodcast on Twitter And if you don't want to miss a future episode, don't forget to subscribe now. All right, so here's some background info on Martin that we're going to talk to in a minute and also on Sculpto. So the fun fact is that this interview developed out of a customer service incident that I had. I sent Martin an email asking about a feature and I ended up doing this podcast with Martin. So as I mentioned, um, he's the head of sales and also of customer service, so he knows the Sculptor printers really well. Sculptor is a small company based in Aarhus in Denmark, and I would assume that most employees still do a little bit of everything in this company. And that's, of course, really good and really common at startups. So they look like a fun company, and so check out the video that I'll put into the show notes that also is describing that company a little bit. Now some facts about the printer. As I mentioned before, it's a Polar-style 3D printer. This means it has a round platform that moves as it prints. The print itself is therefore very compact and super, super quiet. I had mine running a lot overnight and you really almost don't hear it in the next room. Just because it's compact doesn't mean that you can only print small objects though. So you can print objects with a diameter of up to 20 centimeters, which is really big enough for many, many 3D printed objects. Next, it comes with a very easy to use app. So once you connected it to Wi-Fi and added some filament, you can print immediately via their smartphone app. It's connected to Thingiverse, which is a huge repository of ready-to-print objects. And even if you have absolutely no knowledge of 3D printing, you can print your first cool object in no matter of time. So once you know more about 3D printing, you can start to design your own objects with a web-based tool, such as Tinkercad, for example. Or, of course, you can be more professional in the 3D creation process and use tools such as Blender. For me personally, Sculptor Plus was the perfect entrance into the 3D printing. It is still the printer I use most, and I can only recommend to get one. The printer, the apps, the easy user interface, and the great service really make a compelling package. You're probably really curious how it looks. Just open kidslab.dev in your browser and check the episode's blog post. In the show notes, I get a link to their website, of course, and we'll have tons of images uh, of my printer at home and some more info. (music) 
right, here we go. Please welcome Martin Moos. He's the head of sales and customer service at Sculpto. Martin, how are you doing this morning? Hi, Sven. Thank you very much. I'm doing quite well, I think. So, Martin, can you tell us a little bit about the history of Sculpto? Uh, yes, of course. Um, well, it started back in uh, 2015. Uh, it was my colleague Simon and his co-founder Jacob. They were simply looking at, uh, at a school project and, and considering uh, what they could what they could work with. Uh, they quickly fell over the uh, the whole thing with 3D printing and realized that it was very very difficult to 3D print uh, unless you actually had uh, maybe an engineering degree or something similar. Um, they realized that. For a great introduction into 3D printing, there was going to be made some changes. Otherwise, no one would be 3D printing uh, and 3D printing would never reach the mass markets. So they simply decided to develop uh, Sculpto. Um, started up with a, with a very simple uh, 3D printer machine and then ended up where we are today, where you have a, uh, we have this entire platform with the, uh, with the Sculpto app where you simply just, uh, go into the uh, to the app, find something. It could be on a Thingiverse. It could also be that you have made your own designs. You can simply upload it to uh, to the Sculptor app, and then you simply just press print, and the printer and uh, and our software in the cloud will simply make sure that everything is set so that this piece of three D model will actually come to life just in front of you. Very cool. So it was really a, a, a major goal from right at the beginning to make it as easy as possible. Was it also a goal to specifically target the education market with this easy printer? Um, but yes, it was. Uh, it was definitely from the beginning. It was a. Uh, it was very focused, uh, high focus area for for sculptors to simply focus on the kids, not necessarily from the educational perspective, but but also simply just for. You know, I mean, I mean, when I mean educational perspective, I mean as a business, business, uh, business to business model. It was also simply for making sure that the the kids, especially in the uh, in the age from around eight, nine up till ten uh, and up till fourteen, for uh, fifteen years, that they simply started learning about this three D modeling, because um, and three D printing in general. Because once you know about three D printing, um, that's simply not where. Well, what we do is simply you, you, you click a button and then you print something. And that whole process has become so easy. So what we now want to focus on and what we are focusing on is simply making sure that these kids, especially the kids, are also learning about 3D modeling. Because that's, first of all, that's where they can become very creative. That's also where they can really, really learn something about this whole area of 3D printing and 3D modeling. And those are the, uh, you could say, that the, um, the qualifications that they need to become successful in the future, we believe. And um, and that's simply where we have started focusing. So we'll, we'll talk a bit more about the, the creation process of these 3D models um, later on. For now, I would like to focus a little bit on the design of the, the Sculptor printer. And I noticed that it has it is a polar design, which basically means you have a, a round build plate that that moves. And of course, we have tons of links and and pictures also in the show notes if people would like to to see that or directly see it on your website. Of course, um, what have been the special reasons for this specific design of Sculptor? You said the main reason for for having this uh, this polar system is simply because when you have a polar system, first of all, you can make the printer way more compact and smaller. Than, uh, than you usually see. Usually when you're looking into 3D printing, you see larger um, printers with 
uh, with well if, if you're looking at our competitors that have a same building area as we do they are usually um you could say just in weight they weigh above 10 kilos um ours weigh, weigh 2.7 kilos so it's, it's a very small machine compared to that and uh, the other thing is also it's very very big and and once it's very big there's also a lot of different small parts and screws that you could uh potentially uh so they could loosen up and and, and give you a, a a because a bad experience printing wise so mm-hmm. the reason why they simply chose the uh the, the whole polar system was simply that then you only have two moving parts and those two moving parts you would say well basically two moving parts that you at least see as a customer um they they simply um it's simply way easier to to build. Uh, the constru- sorry, the construction is easier. Uh, you could say to to work with, and and since there are only that that few moving parts, it, it's also uh, very easy to to um, you could say uh, sorry. So it's it's easy to make sure that it doesn't go uh, uh, break during operation or mm-hmm. something like that. Okay. So a, a lot of the, the the parents out there and and. I would also say teachers, they are completely new to 3D printing, right? And for a lot of people out there, it's still like a very magical thing. Um, can you quickly outline how 3D printing works? Yes, of course. Well, it's simply, it's simply a matter of, of putting layer on top of layer on top of layer and then at top of on top of another layer so 3d printing is simply when you know from from regular 2d printing from which you know from your maybe from your hp printer or whatever you have at home it's uh, it's simply uh, an, a layer of ink that is put on top of a piece of paper and then you have suddenly that shows some words what we're doing here is instead we're putting instead of putting uh, ink on a layer of peop- uh, paper we're simply putting a layer of plastic on a uh, on a build plate and just to to put that into into some some understanding as well the plastic that we use is uh, something called pla and that is actually biodegradable so it's not something that we are trying to contribute and make sure that we just have even more plastics in this world it's actually something that we have thought of as well in this whole 3d printing world um but what it is actually happening is that it's you could actually compare a 3d printer to a um to an advanced uh, glue gun you could say when you when you are pushing the glue gun, something in the end it heats up and then it comes out. And here it's more or less the same. So when you when you're putting in the filament, it goes through this uh, the 3D printer, it heats up and then it's being smeared onto the plate, uh, simply just layer by layer. And then according to which model you are printing, then the 3D printer will just move around and make sure that we are smearing around the uh, the uh, the PLA on the build plate on the right surfaces, so that eventually you will have something that is growing, you could say. And you can simply, you can literally see layer by layer uh, when it's growing. Mm-hmm. So um, in terms of maintenance, is there something that you need to do to kind of keep the, the printer operational? There are there are minor things, but it's it's uh, basically it's actually to um, to to use something called isopropolic uh, and alcohol, which is simply to make sure that you clean the build plate of the of the printer, and that is simply because it's it's especially you would say something that is uh, such as relevant for us, but it's it's when you have a build plate with uh, the foil on top that we use, then you would like to make sure that the 3D printed material that comes onto uh, onto the build plate you could say the pla and that it sticks to the build plate for the entire period of when you're printing and to make sure of that you simply make sh- need to make sure that your build plate is clean 
because when it's clean, it sticks. If you get greasy fingers on it and stuff like that, it could the put the 3D printed object could simply fall off. So that is that is something that you need to do. Yes. So the Sculpto makes it especially easy to start 3D printing because you've created a whole ecosystem around this 3D printer. Um, can you talk a little bit about? The, all the extras that you have in the sculptor world that you normally don't get if you just buy a 3D printer um, off the internet? Sure. A lot of the things that you, you do, first of all, a lot of 3D printers today, they come with, uh, they come with something. Uh, they're simply a, a, you say, yeah, what would what, what you call that? There's it's probably a simply, kit. Exactly. It's a kit. It's a kit usually um, that you need a couple of hours to, to assemble. Uh, once it's assembled, you need to make sure that you calibrate it and make sure that everything is set correct. There could be a potentially a lot of things going wrong there if you're not into the 3D printing world or technology in general. Um, on the other hand, if you're just you know, a tech-interested uh, person who wants to, to make sure that your, your kids learn about this, this new technology, it's easier when you're buying a sculpture because it comes already uh, built in the, in the straight out of package. Um, the other thing is also that when you actually need to set it up, the only thing you need to do here for, with us is plug it into the uh, into the uh, electric, electric electric outlet and also set it up to your Wi-Fi, and that's easily done through the either from the app that we have for, of course, iOS, iOS and Android, or you could also do it through your, uh, through your PC, whatever you prefer. Um, but the whole thing is that when you are starting printing, we have. Usually, when we're talking about 3D printing, there's there are many things you need to consider. Uh, you need to make sure that you have the uh, that of course you have found the right uh, uh, model, and that could be of course that you have designed it yourself. It could also be that you found it off of one of the libraries on um, on the internet. It could be Thingiverse, for instance. Um, once you have that STL file, you need to place it on an SD card or something else, and then you need to manually go over and put it into the 3D printer. Or simply be hooked up to your 3D printer by by cable. That's also an alternative. An alternative. And uh, and then you need to make sure that you have your something called slicer settings uh, correct. And that can slicer settings is something that uh, can regulate temperature, layer height, and a lot of other things. And in general, we don't believe that 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 the mass market actually knows about what slicer settings is. And to be honest, we don't even want them to know because it's not we would say of course it's very relevant for 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 how to print turns out but in general we believe that we can optimize this process in the cloud so all of this with the uh, with the slicer settings and everything that is you could say complicated for the average user is just being we would say translated into into things that the uh, the average consumer understands and that is simply something about you know, which 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 type of quality do you want this particular model in? Should it be fine? Should it be average? Or should it be, well, this is just something I just need for very quickly, uh, one-time purpose only? Well, then it's okay. It's a poor quality or uh, say, a less good quality simply because I just need it to print fast. And that's okay. So there are some different... Um, things that we have tried to translate so that so that everyone actually understands 3d printing and, and makes it as, as simple as possible very cool so and once i'm i'm then ready to print my own projects um how how do i do that how do i create these sdl files that you mentioned um well, what is the best way to get started with creating your own models 
What we usually uh, advocate for for our customers, also because we are uh, working with especially kids, then we are actually uh, we are actually advocating this this program called Tinkercad. It's a very very simple to use three uh, D modeling program that is available in the in the cloud. So you just go into your any browser at all, um, you type in tinkercad.com, and then you are, of course, you need to to create an account. Um, I also need to to say that Tinkercad has nothing to do with our business. We just simply think it's a very very easy program to learn, and that's why that's how I personally got into this whole thing about three D modeling, and. Um, you just need to create an account because what it does then is it creates, uh, once you have created your account, you can also save your 3D models directly in the cloud so that you can actually access them from anywhere in the world. Um, when I was looking into this program, uh, Tinkercad back then, I simply found they have a lot of, uh, a lot of resources directly on their webpage uh, in terms of showing how you can learn 3D modeling, how, how does it work? Um, and, and how can you and actually go through some tutorials that actually will, in the end, after approximately like 30 or 40 minutes, you are set up and you know, I wouldn't say everything about 3D modeling, but then you have at least the basics uh, in order and you can start creating something of yourself. So it, it takes quite a while to, to print certain objects. So I'm wondering if you would have some special tips for teachers when it comes to using the sculptor in the classroom. Like I would, for example, say, choosing an object that is 15 centimeters high and needs to be printed in, in like 10 hours or so is probably a bad choice. So do you have some recommendations and some, some ideas for projects that someone could start with that are easily to realize? Yes. Well, of course there was a, we, we already have a, um, here in Denmark, we already have approximately 20% of the, uh, of the schools already. They have a sculptor and not just one, they probably have in between, one to 20 we can see on, on some of the schools um, if we're just looking into the why they have this amount it's simply because when you have a a, a 3d printer as, as a sculptor it's also for the schools especially i would say it's a bit it's a bit cheaper than going out and buying one of the very very big brands and uh, and then instead of having just one at the uh, at the teacher's desk you could have maybe like four or five so that you can really engage the kids and when you're engaging the kids in these smaller groups there's also potential of instead of maybe printing as you said one um, 3d model that's 15 centimeters high you could maybe divide that print into five different things so it could be that you want to print something that is um it could be an a small articulated um robot doll or something like that and then you could eat you could ask each of the group to print one could print the arm the other one could print the other arm one could print the legs and so on and and then uh, at the end you have a you have something that comes together into a into a full object. Uh, the other thing that we are actually um, that we are actually proposing is actually that we are we are into the process of actually beginning to make uh, specified lesson plans for the schools directly, so that once in the near future, it's something that we uh, we hope we have in order just around uh, the new years, simply that we can share uh, specified lesson plans for the teachers, so that. They simply just take this uh, lesson plan we call a recipe, and then you can simply go through it and make sure that first of all there are some uh, some learnings in there, making sure that the kids are, are learning something. And also the other thing we we are considering is also to making sure that the prints are not taking more than let's say twenty twenty five minutes per per print, because simply they, you don't have you don't have sufficient time within the classroom. So there are some there are some things there you can 
uh, you can you can have to look at just after the new years that's very cool so i'm really looking for these lesson plans i think that's exactly what you guys you guys should be doing um one question i would have that's associated to that is what what are the classes that you see the 3d printers being mainly used in so you just spoke about some um, some legs and some arms this sounds a lot like biology for example um is there something some some special classes where where 3d printers can be used well and others not well we have actually seen that in most of the uh, of the classes you can you can actually take in 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 uh, 3d printing uh, and and that's simply because a lot of the things that you are you're learning in school some some kids they learn it in one way other kids they they like to uh, they well some kids are maybe more uh, theoretic about th things whereas other kids are more uh, say practical about things so the whole thing about it where you can actually it could also be that you as a teacher actually beforehand prepare and make sure that you have printed some 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 items or some objects that the kids they can just they can then touch and 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 use and stuff like that it could even be in in also in in language uh classes it could be for instance in danish of course we have danish as a language class uh it could be in in in, in that area as well that they have printed some things about denmark for instance it could also be in geography where you can print some things about some other countries it could be uh, printing the earth that could be something that you have in biology um we have seen actually these these printers being used in in most of the classes however of course there are some of the classes that it's it's very very uh we say it's, it's being used a lot in and that's of course in uh, in technology classes um we even see that uh, that that the um, the whole way of combining 3D printing with maybe an Arduino or something like that, so that you have you start with a small Arduino and then you simply add on by 3D printing new pieces and and suddenly you have a small robot, you have a RC car or something like that. So the the possibilities are really endless when you when you look into this and combining it with other um, things out there. Uh, the other thing is, of course, arts and crafts as well. We have a lot of kids that are, that are using the, the uh, and teachers, of course, that are using our 3D printers for arts and crafts classes, simply because there are so many things that you can add on. Once you go into something with with um, if you just if you lost a button for your for your shirt for instance you could just 3d print a new one and you could customize it so that it's it's for yourself instead of something off the rack in the in the store mm -hmm. cool the, the one thing that just came to my mind um if some people might be scared of the the sound of a 3d printer or so so the the sculptor plus that i have at home is almost not hearable so it's like very soft so i have it in in my uh, room next to our bedroom and it often prints all night long and we're not being disturbed so if people are wondering how loud is this 3d printer at least the sculpto is uh, very soft right <laughs> exactly that's one of the things that we actually we are not focusing that much more much on it in terms of our um yeah, for marketing but it's something that our customers actually like a lot so once you have uh, been used to how a 3d printer can actually sound uh, then it's it's nice to see a, a 3d printer just standing there and you can almost not hear it working yeah. so yeah so martin uh, i would have one final question for you and that's mainly speaking about your website that right now shows a huge placeholder at least for the for the english-speaking people so Uh, it's mentioning something new is happening in November 2019, and I'm wondering if you could share what that will be, or at least give us a little teaser to what we could be expecting. Yeah, sure. Well, it's uh, it's it's 
it's actually a, a new thing coming up, uh, which is uh, we have launched some of the things already. But of course, that's something that you won't see unless you are a sculptor user. But uh, the largest thing you could say is simply that we are launching our new version, the Sculptor 2, on um, not just uh, in, in Denmark and Europe, but also in the US. So that's quite new for us that we're also launching in the US. Um, we have already made a partnership with a, a big craft store over there uh, where they simply saw the potential for using these sculptures in the craft uh, segments and especially working with, especially with their moms and working with their children around some, some craft and do-it-yourself projects. So we are, we are really looking forward to that. Uh, we're going to be placed in 550 stores over there. Uh, we just launched here on the 1st of November. So actually, if you go into our webpage, change the language to the American flag, you can actually see some more about uh, this. We are going to launch the Sculptor 2 versions also in, uh, in the European, uh, in the, in, here in Europe, but uh, that will come in, uh, in a, I wouldn't say a couple of days, but probably a couple of weeks. So there is something to look forward to. The, the other thing is, 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 the other thing is also that we have relaunched and redesigned our entire app. And the, uh, the app, as you can see it today, is, uh, it's, um, at least in our opinion, you could say even, even better than it was before. We have optimized some, some uh, different things and we have made some things, uh, easier. We are still working on, on making even more things easier and we are, that's always what we what we have in mind is simply how can we make this product as user-friendly as possible. We want to make the most user-friendly 3D printer in the world. And that's what, what we are working at. Very cool. Thank you so much, Martin. This was, again, super nice and inspiring to talk to you. I wish you all the best and hope to have you on the podcast again soon. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. This was Martin Moes from Sculto and we talked about 3D printing at home and in the classroom. If 3D printing was totally new to you, I hope you feel encouraged to check out the Sculpto website to find out more. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Now head over to kidslab.dev to check out our show notes with all the links of this episode. And of course, don't forget to subscribe now if you don't want to miss a future episode. Also, and again, I really want to hear back from you. So whether you are a parent or an educator, simply someone who's interested in steamy gadgets, please leave me a comment at kidslab.dev. And if Twitter is better, simply use the hashtag kidslabpodcast to get in touch. So in the next episode, we'll be talking to Ross Atkin about the SmartyBot. The SmartyBot is a so-called crafty robot. You essentially build the robot first with your kids or class, and then you can easily program it via their tools. So don't forget to subscribe. Bye-bye.